Carrasco, Senator Good, Senator Maxwell for joining the ranks of the Indiana Senate. I think they'll be really valuable um, uh, members of, that uh, bring some each each their own different perspective, and we're happy to have them engaged and involved. So uh, uh, look forward to uh, seeing them seeing them at work. As I indicated, we're going to work in the space of uh, education and uh, workforce. Daycare is a particularly important issue that we're going to try and at least be helpful in, and uh, as well as some potentially some health care um, cost initiatives. But uh, all those are still kind of coming into focus right now. We don't have them finalized in any bill that's ready to file. So I can't speak in a lot of details of those. But those are some of the things you'll see us work in. Happy to answer any questions you might have. The speaker talked about ending social promotion for third graders who don't uh, read proficiently. Uh, any thought on that, on doing something like that over here in the Senate? Yeah, I think it's a, there's a lot of value in that. And what we work on will we'll, we'll include that. And, you know, there are maybe some opportunities for waivers under the right circumstance. But it seems like an awful lot of kids are getting passed on to fourth grade and then not uh, we're not keeping an eye on them to make sure that they do, do later become proficient and as you know if uh, you know if you've, if you've got a fourth grader that's not proficient you can deal with that if it's a junior in high school that's much more complicated and the older they get the more complicated it is so better to attack it when they're when they're young I think so that's part of the what we're going to work on yes, you you talk about something that's already in law and that they're the the exceptions are just too broad or yeah so if you look at the statute it's uh, uh, it's really vague, and um, there is a, uh, uh, a state board um, uh, rule as well as a, a Department of Education kind of uh, explanation or guidance. And the bottom line is, between all of those, it allows for a pretty broad ability to pass children on, and we just want to take a look at that. But the House also says that expanding I-65 and I-70 is a top priority next session. What are your thoughts? Who said that? Uh, the House. Oh, Speaker. I haven't talked to him about that. Okay. About addressing anti-Semitism on um, college campuses. They, it passed unanimously last year over there, not here. Yeah, I think uh, I think the House is going to work on that again. We'll take a look at it when it comes back over here. Um, I haven't spent much time on that yet. Truancy issues of truancy. Truancy is a huge deal. I think you know you got truancy. Uh, maybe twenty five percent of the students across the state of Indiana right now qualify as chronically truant. That is a horrific statistic, in my opinion. You've got some schools across our state where one of two kids are considered chronically truant, and um, you know there's there's it doesn't take long to figure out if you're not coming to school, you're not going to get your reading, writing, and arithmetic, and you're going to start to fall behind. So uh, truancy is. Uh, uh, it has to be um, aligned with uh, the reading proficiency. And so we're going to take a look at that as well. You know, part of that, though, I'll say, I mean, Indiana doesn't have a bad system with when it comes to truancy, I don't think. If it's a young child, it's probably a parental problem, right? And you have the Department of Child Services can get involved there and try and wrap around the parents and have them try to explain to them and put pressure on them through the courts about how important it is to get their child to school. If it's a 16-year-old, it might be more of a 16-year-old's problem than the parent's problem. And then you've got, of course, the juvenile system that can do that. So, uh, But I think a lot of schools no longer have a truancy officer and maybe they've just gotten to other things. And I think... Um, uh, so the question will be, how much of this needs to be legislation and how much of this needs to be just a refocus on the execution of the laws that we have in place right now? How That'll you, be a big discussion. How do you ensure that if you do try to address truancy, you don't end up just adding more fuel to the school-to-prison pipeline? 
Well, um, I certainly don't want to do that, but uh, I think that you can make a pretty good argument that the more kids come to school, the less likely they're going to be heading to prison. And um, uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's better for everybody if those kids are in school and, and learning. When you, all passed, when you all originally passed IREAD 3, it was not quite as broad, the exceptions that were in there to, to pass kid on, but there was some backlash to that. Are you worried if you're going to basically hold more kids back twofold? One, are you going to get more backlash from parents? And also, are you going to create a classroom size problem with a bottleneck in third grade? I think you really have it, especially the first year or so. If you do, if you make big adjustments to that, you're probably going to have a classroom problem. Although you're going to have, correspondingly, a smaller fourth grade class, and so you can move teachers around and maybe classrooms around. You know, schools have to deal with changing numbers every year, so uh, that that'll be a problem, but probably not an insurmountable problem. Will it make some parents mad? Yeah, I suppose so. But uh, they need to be uh, vested in their child's education and their success as well, and so we hope that they'll be partners with us. What about the initiative, Senator Taylor was talking about giving Hoosiers the ability to, to make some decisions to have valid initiatives. So right now, the United States Constitution doesn't allow that. Um, we pass laws here in the General Assembly, and we're, we hope and ask that voters hold us accountable for the policies that we have. What about the LEAP district? Are you confident or comfortable getting that water 35 miles north of that project? Do you think that's feasible? A, a, a couple things about that. I mean, that's a big issue, and I know it's very important, especially in that part of the state, but frankly, all over the state. And uh, we are fortunate in Indiana that we have an abundance of water. Uh, we're not like the southwest states that, that have water policies in place because they're so desperately short of water. That's not the challenge that we've had. But as we continue to grow, water does begin to uh, become a little bit more of an issue. And so what we're going to do here, uh, there might be some legislation that we'll work on uh, to put some guardrails around it. But uh, we just want to make sure that uh, before we make any further steps, we're going to do this a thorough study of how much water is there and how much water the community, if it's being piped from one place to or the other, which happens all the time, frankly, but if it's going to be piped from one place to the other, how much that community where the, is going to, where the water is going to be taken from, you know, what they're going to need over the next 50 years, so we make sure that we're not taking too much from them so that they will be somehow strapped or disadvantaged economically in their, in their growth. Does that mean you're comfortable reversing Tippecanoe County's moratorium that they recently passed? I haven't seen that. Uh, question, uh, Alexis' question. Uh, obviously, you guys got a like, governor's race coming up next year, convention's coming up. Uh, the governor picked Indiana by primary. Lieutenant governor is picked by convention delegates. Is it maybe time to have me have a, a contested primary on both sides to maybe sort of make the rules uniform that the governor and lieutenant are picked at the primary or at a convention? I think that's worth conversation. Probably not going to look at that this year. But uh, the idea of uh, on, on whether Republican or Democrat, whatever the party, of a governor candidate um, uh, being given a lieutenant governor candidate that might not speak with their same voice is, is problematic for either party. So uh, you may see us at some point look at that all right thanks guys thanks everybody this podcast was produced and edited by chris spangle and leaders and legends llc if you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level please contact us at leadersandlegends.net